he's come to save that which is lost, which you all start out with. To set the captives hey, free. Sister Nika, Sister Nika, do you realize? I'm sorry, do you realize that that whole Romans is in is one long letter? The only reason why you got the verses and chapters and all of that is is so that you can use so we can kind of put it together and go put it the reference. But but you do realize that that's one right right right. So so here's the thing here's the thing. If Romans is one long letter, right? Remember we read in Romans chapter nine, all right, about the covenants being for Israelites, but the promises being to Israelites, right? Now we read in chapter ten verse one that is hardest to the Israelites. How now when you read a little further down in chapter ten do you get somebody else well i don't get anybody else i don't get anybody else and and you're you are right because now i'm waking up the different books he's writing paul is writing to different churches so if he was just the god uh it would be just romans if he was just the god of the israelites it would just be book of romans but why do we have other books where he's talking to the church addressing their needs here's the thing now i'll go ahead dm He's still speaking to Israelites in those other books. There you go. Exactly. No, you go. Not. You have, no, if you let's read go it, I don't think it's that. There you go. There you go. Hold on, sister. Hold on, sister Nika. Sister Nika, you have to understand when you read in the book of Acts, it's the Acts of the Apostles. Right. You read or he visits different places like Rome, like Galatia, like Thessalonica. And establish yeah. churches in those cities, in those lands. Okay? So now if you understand that, now you understand that also when you read the epistles of Paul, those are literally letters that he's writing to those churches of Israelites. Remember, I don't know if you were on when we read in Acts chapter 11 and 26 that the Christians were first called uh, Israelites. I mean, sorry, the Israelites were first called, or the Jews, I should say. Were first called right. Christians in Antioch. Hey, listen. No, no. Let's so, get to it. Let's 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 show let's show her in the Book of Acts when he wrote to the when he was with Roman Israelites in Rome. He was with Israelites in Thessalonica. We're gonna show you all that, Chris. Ag, y'all got it lined up? Yeah. Get Acts the second chapter. I was I will start there, and then we can go to the letters where he clearly states who he was speaking to, and this. And this is, and it ain't just you, Nika. It's a lot of our people. When we go to other books, let's say an English book when you were in college or I don't know, just a regular book, we understand fundamental English, just English, fundamentals of English. But for some reason, when we come to the Bible, all of that goes out the window. That's why in, the, in Romans, you'll read the subject matter, the noun that he used was Israel, and as he, as Paul writes on in the letter, he starts to use pronouns in regards to the same subject matter that he's referring to, thou, them, still speaking of Israel, but for some reason when we come to the Bible, all of that goes out of the window, and we can't seem to comprehend that he's still talking to those same people. Give me that, Acts the second chapter, and start at the fifth verse. The book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 5. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. So you had 
there were joy. So you had the uh, uh, Peter, uh, the apostles. They came to Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost, and you had devout men, Jews, that came there. They came to Jerusalem. Why? Because they were keeping the commandments, the Feast of Pentecost. Uh, God, the Lord required the males to all males to meet three times a year. So you had men out of every nation come to Jerusalem. They were Israelites. We know. Now okay, we, go to Galatians. Hold on. Uh, we're gonna get Galatians we got three. Galatians three. Yeah, we got uh, <laughs> We're gonna go to Corinthians. We're gonna go to Galatians. We're gonna go to Ephesians. And, <laughs> and they're all all my life about Israelites. They don't want that. But we can start right here. Hebrew, we're gonna, Hebrew. We're gonna start every night to prove my love. Man, we're gonna start with the foundation <laughs> in Acts, the second chapter, just so you know. To prove that there were Israelites in all of these various places. Read on. Verse 6. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. All of these Israelites heard the apostles speak in their own language, meaning their native tongues. Some spoke Latin, some spoke Egyptian, some spoke... Uh, uh, various different, some spoken uh, Asian dialect, wherever they were born, they heard the apostles speak. That's just speaking in tongues for some of you Christians that think it's a wop, bop, blue, bop, wop, bad, boo. That ain't speaking in tongues. We're reading about speaking in tongues, but that's for another topic. Read on. And they were all marveled, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak the Galileans? Read on. And and how we're here, and how are they not Galileans? Ain't they from Israel, Jerusalem? Don't they speak Hebrew? How they speak in my native tongue? Read on. And how hear we, every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? Wherein we were, were born. Now it's about to tell you where these men were born. Read on. Parthians. Keep in don't, don't lose the subject. The, in verse 5, it called them Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now they're about to tell you where they were born. Read on. Verse 9, Parthians and Medes. Parthians, and, Medes, read on. And Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and read. Cappadocia in Pontus and Asia. Read. Pergia and Pamphylia in Egypt and in parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes. So he's naming all of these various countries throughout Europe, throughout Asia, throughout what you know today as the Middle East. Devout men that were Jews were born in these countries. They had, and keep in mind, they had churches in these because they had congregations, people, believers in these countries. Read on. Verse 11. Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the yeah, wonderful works of we God. We had all these people who were Jews, Israelites, scattered in all these various places throughout Europe, throughout Asia, or Asia Minor, throughout what you know today as the Middle East and Egypt, parts of Africa. So now when you fast forward to Paul's ministry, he was traveling to these various places in Corinth, in uh, Rome, 
in uh, uh, Ephesus. In uh, um, uh, help, help, some of y'all help me out. Uh, basically, he was traveling. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They was he was traveling to these various places, establishing churches, and these people were Israelites. Now I said, let's prove it. So you already read Rome, Nika, where he was speaking to the Israelites. Now let's go to Corinthians. Me... I'm going to be corrected. You all are right. They are Israelites. He is speaking to his people, and I think I apologize. I was hey, no, me, Nika. Oh, no, no, Nika. Don't listen to that. You understand he heard, He said, no, all praise. Nigga, no. And, he, and that's all we're trying to get our people to understand is the truth according to the Bible as it is written. What is the Bible saying? Because just like many of y'all, I believe the same thing. I'm telling you, I come from a background. My father's a pastor. My great granddaddy's a pastor. My granddaddy's a pastor. My uncle's a pastor. My, I got a, uh, I grew up in what is known as Christianity today. So I used to be under the spell and the witchcraft of believing what the same thing y'all believe until you actually come to the Bible and read it for as it is written. And when you do that, you come to find out like, man, wait a minute. He is speaking to the Israelites. It says it plain. These were devout Jews out of all, out of all nations under the heaven. Now watch this. I know you did pull Galatians three. I want to go there real quick because you did pull it. So let's explain it. Hey, just well, to prove. Hey, hey, real quick, it was Cornelius a Jew? Was yes, Cornelius was an Israelite. Absolutely. Israelite. We're gonna explain that in Galatians because I know the sisters pulled the sister pulled a Galatians. So let's let's expound upon it and explain that Paul was actually speaking to Israelites. Get Galatians 3, start at verse 1, and then we're gonna jump down to verse 23. The book of Galatians, chapter 3, verse 1. Oh foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you? So let and me ask you a question, Nika. And this goes back to basic English, subject matters, things of that nature. In chapter three, who is Paul speaking to? The Galatians. <laughs> the Galatians, correct. So verse one tells you, oh, foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you? Now, as you read on in the chapter, jump down to verse 23. Verse 23. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. So in verse 23, he's still speaking to who? The Israelites. No, I'm who he was speaking to who, Nika? In he, verse 23. The Galatians. He's still speaking to the Galatians. So now mm -hmm. the question should be: before faith came, he said, We, meaning him and the Galatians, were kept under the law. Now, the question should be, what nation of people were under the laws of God? Okay, okay. I hear you. I see where you're going. Hey, where I'm going, I mean, it's it, what does the Bible say? I mean, I agree with that. I guess that's not what I was... That's not what you learned in that corrupt, corrupt church. Right. No, no, that's no, not no, what you no, were no, taught. No, I was taught that. I was taught that, but doesn't show, put that all that authority or credibility in saying who we are we recognize who we are like you said it will know each other by our spirit we don't have to go around and say i don't go around and say you black you black I see you who you are 
But what are you doing about it? What is your character? Who are you acting like your father is? But I can't I can't tell that with Christians. Christians don't look any different from people who don't believe the Bible. They don't well, dress said, any different. Comes. Okay, so again, that's the thing. What differentiates? That's what we're reading in Galatians. How to differentiate. Go ahead, go ahead. Right. That, that, so, AZ, go ahead and finish that point of Galatians 3.28, giving the full understanding, because I know some people... Right, right. So And then go to Mark. No, nah, we then we're gonna move on to somebody else on stage, sis. We gonna answer all your questions. We got so, so many people on stage. I don't stage have no questions. I'm trying to go with I, you all where you need to go back to it. Yeah, no, nah, we, so, we we, we got this. We do this all the time. We got right. I already know what you want to pull. Like many like many so-called Christians, when they scream Galatians 3, they immediately think verse 28. But when you read chapter 3, it's clear that he's speaking to the Israelites. So Read chapter, read verse 28 now, now that we have some understanding of when we read in Acts, how there were Jews born in these other nations and they spoke the languages from the nations they were for, they were from. Even here, they, he's calling Israelites Galatians, just like many of you today, we're not called Israelites, we're called African American and Hispanics. So when you get to verse 28, that's the context of what we're reading. So read that. Galatians chapter 3, verse 23. But before verse 28, verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. So Paul's letting you know there's neither Jew nor Greek. The Greek in this context, because I know Christians like to harp on context, the Greek in this context is the Israelites, because we had we were scattered amongst the Grecians. The history before you get to Rome, we were in the Greek captivity. We were forced to celebrate Greek customs. We were forced to call ourselves Greeks. That's why you don't see no other nationality here. You don't see uh, uh, um, uh, um, Chinese, uh, Japanese. Chinese, Japanese. You see Greek. Why? Because we were in the Greek captivity. We were forced to live like Gentiles and Greeks. That's why those are the two terms that you see. You don't see any other terms. You see Jew, you see Gentiles and Greeks because that's where we were forced to live. Hey, we just were like ourselves Greeks. Just like we call ourselves American today, AZ. Right. Just like that. Read on. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. We are all one nation under Christ. That is what he's explaining, because a lot of people don't understand the history, and you have to go back and, and read it for yourself when you read in the book of 1 Kings, the 12th chapter. We had a split in the nation of Israel. That, that's why Cornelius, when he came up, they was people think he was a Gentile. No, he was an Israelite. Because the history was the nation split and there was odds between the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The same thing you see today with blacks and Hispanics. The beef we have, that stems all the way back from 2 Kings, the 12th chapter. Paul's saying, you know, we all are one nation under Christ Jesus. There's neither Jew, whether you was born in Jerusalem under the Levitical covenant or you was born a heathen. Or you was born under the... the uh, uh, 
the uh, the Greek customs and you was brought up as a Greek instead of a Jew, we are all one in Christ Jesus because Christ came and died. So now that we can have forgiveness from the sins that we was in. That's what he's talking about in Galatians, the third chapter. It ain't talking about heathens can be saved. It ain't talking about no other nation but Israel. What about Canadian's household? Dion, it's best you just mute your be saying. Yeah, man. Yeah, he just, he, he, he reaching. No, he's playing devil's advocate. I was going to say hey, hold his peace, man. Playing, hey, I, hey, I was going to say he's playing devil's advocate, but he just playing devil. Uh, so devil, period. Can uh, I say something about, I say something about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Swift, go ahead, Swift. Check this out. And I've, I've been hearing Dion speak, and I want, I want to make a point for everybody, all right? This shows you how lost our people are. Slavery has done a number on our people. Christianity has done a number on our people. We can't even fathom and even accept that the Most High God chose us over everybody. We always wanting to include somebody into our stuff. Everybody, like like uh, Dion said earlier, everybody have their own God that they worship, right? But us, they don't want us included in none of these uh, affairs. But we always want to include it. We will go tit for tat. We can prove people wrong left and right with the scriptures, and they still will try to find a way to deny that they are the children of Israel. And let me prove that. And this is, this, the part is, our people are ashamed of it. Give, give me Joel chapter 2 and verse 27, please. The book of Joel chapter 2 and verse 27. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. God said, you, you should know that I am in the midst of the Israelites, right? Come on. And that I, and that I am the Lord, your God, he said, and none else. The, he said, I am the Lord, your God, and nobody else's. Nobody else's. He said, I'm your God, and nobody else. Read on. And my people shall never be ashamed. He said, my people shall never be ashamed. But today, our people freaking hate the fact. They are ashamed that God called them to be his precious uh, people. Our people are ashamed of it because they don't know no better. They don't keep the commandments. And Christianity have destroyed our people to knowing that. All right? Please Give me Bruce chapter please 4. Please wait just a second. Please. Hold on. Wait just a second. Okay. I'm not talking about you, though. Wait just a second. Give me Baruch, give me Baruch chapter four, and give me. This is very critical, uh, Nika. Okay, this is very critical because our people don't consider we really the Stockholm syndrome is real. We yes. really love oh, yeah. our, our slave master. Right, give me Baruch chapter four. Right, chapter four. Give me verse three, please. The book of Baruch, chapter 4 and verse 3. Give not thine honor to another. It said, give not thine honor to another. Come on. Nor the things that are profitable unto, the, unto thee to a strange nation. So what is that saying? Nika, since you spoke, what is that saying? It says, give not thine honor to another, nor the things that are profitable unto thee to a strange nation. 
What is that saying? Don't do a Mansa Musa day. What? Mm. <laughs> like so, how he I'm, went I'm a, and he spread religion and he 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 wanted to share people and share oh people God. like look at all our gold look at everything no no no, we no, have. no 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 listen what he's saying is it says give not thine honor to another nor the things that are profitable unto thee what's profitable unto us the commandments of God the promises the glory that you read in uh, in Romans chapter nine uh or verse three. Those are the things that was given to us by God Himself. But so we want to give it to the other. But we want to give it to the other nations. Like Dion keeps speaking, he is the main corporate of that. He is a destroyer. He probably <laughs> eats swine left and right. He got. He can't wait to. He Christmas told us come. he had a bacon sandwich. I mean, the bacon. Chitlin eating on Christmas morning. And you're going to die here when Christ comes back because our people hate God. That's the point. Our people hate God, period. Eat, and we got to come back from that. King Swift, may right. I address something so, you said? Yes, I, I, I'm done. Well, I, that's all I want to say. Our people well, got to well, look we for We, we got to move on. We got to be on stage. We got well, I, I mean, we I got, acknowledge. Hold on, hold on, nigga. Hold on, nigga. Hold on, wait. Hold on, sis. We we dealt with you. We've been dealing with you for a while, but we it is yeah, late. But we do I'm got gonna, some other people on stage uh, that want to that want that wants to speak as well. So let us get to their point. Let's let them make their point. King's okay. been waiting patiently. Monica's been waiting time. patiently. Antonio, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to go down that road, go ahead, sis. That's on you. Uh, Brunel, yeah, yeah, go on. Look at Say, boy, I tell you, Say, something serious. Come at the media. Let me get, let me get, let me get, let me get his ass off stage, man. That dude there, man, that dude really the devil, man. Y'all better be careful. Um, anyway. I love you all. Thank you all. Hey, hey, Dion. Yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir. That that brother right now is cleaning chitlins right now for Christmas morning. Got the whole neighborhood stank. You smell it as soon as you get out the bus. <laughs> hey, Brunel, how you doing? Welcome to the stage. What you think about the topic? Is modern day Christianity corrupted, or has it always been? What you think, sis? Yeah, um, I'm in agreement with what everyone's saying. Um, I definitely believe that it is corrupted by this westerner world and these white people and i feel like the first example should be the fact that we see a white jesus in africa church in african churches and you're just yeah. like i'm i'm in africa like ain't nobody here is white yet somehow this this god that is from africa that says it in the bible has blind right. hair blue eyes so it's what part like, of Africa? What part of Africa are you currently in? Um, I was in Rwanda. That's where I'm from. You in Rwanda? You in East Africa? Okay, 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 okay. We just got yeah. back from uh, Kumasi a couple weeks ago, so Kumasi and West Ghana. So um, Africa, okay, yeah, that's good. That's good. You're right. Ain't number white yeah. images of Jesus all throughout the white all over, all over, and you'll be very confused. And then it's like it's so sad because at a young age, like I didn't even realize how I became subject to to this world where I thought it was normal to pray to a white Jesus. And it wasn't until like as I grew, experienced racism, have my own identity crisis, all those situations and 
and then I start unpacking my like um, spiritual side and I'm seeing how a lot of things are being dismissed within like our teachings and so yeah I agree the translations have been messed up especially with churches like people really need to understand what kind of church they're going to because they can just be going in listening to the pastor and taking the word as it is and a lot of people start blaming God for the things that are going wrong in their life because they're looking at what their pastor said or what people next to them in church are saying or behaving. So I just hope people just stop doing those things. And like others said, have that personal connection, read the Bible for yourself and have that one-on-one realization on what's going on. Cause it barely even says Christians in the Bible, like barely speaks to Christians. So I don't even know how we got to this. That's right. It only says it twice. It says in the first place. Exactly. So yeah. You're exactly right, sis. I'll pray. Thank you for that comment. We're, we're going to come back. We're going to circle back around. Uh, Antonio, what you think about the topic? Uh, what's going uh, on? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, I agree. I do. Um, I feel like there's been a very well dialogue here tonight. Uh, beautiful room. But yeah, it's very corrupted. Um, as we know, everything in life is it's like a big movie. You know, so many distractions that you don't really know is real, what to believe at this point. But um. Yeah, I, I really do. I feel like it's corrupted. And uh, so many young people who don't know where to start, you know, they kind of look at this thing at the end. They don't know what the beginning is. So, yeah, it's highly corrupted. Too much well, politics involved. For sure, 100%. Man, I appreciate you that for that, Tony. No so Chanel and Antonio, they both agree that Christianity today is corrupted and um, it has been uh, whitewashed, and it has destroyed the minds of our people. Monica, what you think? You think Christian, modern-day Christianity is corrupted, or has it always been? What do you think, Monica? I'm talking Monica, to me. Are you still with us? I was asking Monica uh, first. Uh, Monica, you you still with us? Now we can move on. To- because of truth is not being taught. Like you said, where are you all empower them because you you're right i work in the juvenile system too when i say work i volunteer i don't like get a check we have a prison ministry we go to the prisons and teach the priest face to face with our brothers and sisters in there but the juveniles they're just oh my goodness oh Mm -hmm. it's like just in and out to the larger one Well, well that may be that may be where you be able to benefit the ministry maybe if you reach out to us biblical smoke at gmail.com reach okay. out to us biblical smoke at gmail.com okay. you may be a connection to help us get this message to our youth we definitely would love to use that so could you please please email us with your contact information and we'll reach okay. out okay I'm have, doing it now yeah okay. i have the brothers and sisters in uh atl riverdale area reach out to you okay yeah so we appreciate that connection, sister. I find myself in this room often, and I appreciate everything that y'all do. Nice. I'm going to ask this question uh, very quickly, and then I'll mute my mic. I will say this, since I've been listening to you guys over the last months, um, I personally have started experimenting wrapping my hair with my Muslim students at school, and we're not doing Santa Claus at home with my five-year-old son. So uh, it's my, 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 That's what I'm so, talking about. 
So I'm just going to ask this question quickly. Um, I do have to go to work, so I'm just going to mute my mic. I just want to hear it. Um, and it may be good for other people, too. May you repeat the gospel one more time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think Chris was the one that brought it out. Chris, you want to read that Luke one? Yeah, we can go to it. We can go to it. I want to, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's hit the gospel. Let's hit Luke 1 and 68 real quick. Luke 1 68. I believe we, I was talking to uh, Brother Antonio, and I, I don't even really think Antonio got the point. He still want to go to the Christian church right after I said what I said. But okay, Luke 1 68. Read that for me. The book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. For he have visited and redeemed his people. So like I said to, to my brother earlier, right? The children of Israel, his people, are the blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans. Go ahead. And have raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Hmm. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. So the true gospel, the true gospel is that the children of Israel, the black man, the Hispanic man, the Native American man, is going to be saved from their enemies. When Christ returns, when he's fighting that war, he's going to be fighting that war against America to save us. Let's go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 6, I believe I read as well. Read out. Just so we can see, just so we can see that after Christ died and rose again, did the message shift to where now it's making reference to everyone. Acts 1 and 6. Acts chapter 1, verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? So again, the question and the thought remain the same, that the kingdom is going to be restored to the children of Israel. That's the true gospel that the children of Israel will receive the kingdom, we will receive glory, we will have our own land, and everything on this planet will belong to us. That's the true gospel. Damn, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. And that's why your oppressors like to distort the gospel, like to water it down to keep you confused. That's why they'll say things like, oh, you're not Jews, you're not Israelites. Because if they can take that thought from you that you are the true children of God, you'll never be able to fathom the the glory that God has for you as his people. I'm going to back you up real quick. Give me Daniel 2 and 44. Because when you read the Old Testament, this is why you brothers and sisters, you cannot listen to mainstream Christianity when they tell you not to read the Old Testament. The prophecies in the Old Testament is what Christ and the apostles were drawing their information from. The things that they were writing in the New Testament or the things that were being said in the New Testament come directly from the prophecies in the old in more detail. Watch what Daniel chapter 2 verse 44 says to go with Acts 1 and 6. The book of Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. You went out for a second, day, Booker. I had a call. Shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom? Stop, real quick. 
So earlier we read in Luke 21, 24, it said that Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. That's what we're reading right here in Daniel chapter two. This is going to be the end of the times of the Gentiles, when meaning when all Gentile nations that have ruled the earth has come to an end and Christ's kingdom is ushered in. It says, and in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. Go ahead. Which shall never be destroyed. And this kingdom will never be destroyed. Go ahead. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. Mm. But it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. And it shall stand forever. Notice it says, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. That that You know what that does? That eliminates the thought that your oppressors are going to be in the same status in the kingdom of heaven as you are. Oh, they're going to be there. All nations will be in the kingdom of heaven, but all nations will be not be in the same status or in the same uh, uh, rulership in the kingdom of heaven that the children of Israel are going to be in. The children of Israel are going to be the rulers of the kingdom of heaven. And all other nations are going to be subject unto them, meaning they're going to be their slaves. I know it hurt. I know it hurt deep down inside. You think your mind is exploding. You, What the hell is these brothers talking about? What did I just stumble upon? But that's what the Bible says. Go ahead, Chris. Let me let me get two more, man, because now we're in the zone. Let me get let me get wisdom of Solomon real quick. Wisdom Bring it up. Solomon 18 and 7. Because, again, I think, like I said, the Bible is true. Christianity is wrong. The Bible is true. Christianity is wrong. Watch what watch what this says in the wisdom of Solomon 18 and verse seven. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 18, verse seven. So of thy people was accepted both the salvation of the righteous and the destruction of the enemy. It ain't no church on this planet, no Christian church on this planet teaching destruction to America. Teaching destruction to China and all these Arab countries. There's no church saying that. Their their politics are in unison with Christianity. We have to, the true people of God, have to accept that our salvation equals to the destruction of the other nations. That's the gospel. One more. Hebrews 11, verse 14 and 15. And again, this is in the Bible in your New Testament. Come on. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 14. For, th for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. We seek a country, not America. We going home. We going back to Israel. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That, and the thing, the thing I was talking, I think I was talking to Dion the other day. I was telling him, I said, you, you know, you, you go through life. You know, I know, Nikki, you were just saying like you, you know, in the hood and stuff like that. Even when you move out of the hood into a nice neighborhood, you still like, dang, I'm not even around my people. You know what I'm saying? So even when you get out the hood, it's like, man, I should have stayed in the hood. Read that again. For, th for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to, to have returned. So again, we seek a country. We seek to get out of America and return to our homeland. That's the gospel. America is not going to be saved when Christ returns. That's the gospel. 
And what a beautiful gospel it is. It is right, right. Let me uh go ahead and add to it too. Uh, Acts 13 and verse 32. This is what we do every night we come on Biblical Smoke, is we bring out the gospel. Read that. Acts 13 and verse 32. And we declare unto you, glad tidings, how that the promise, the, the gospel, the good news, that's the glad tidings, read. How that the promise which was made unto the fathers, so God the promise, had, the promise that was made to the fathers was literally what Dion brought out and what Chris brought out. All those things that are written in the scriptures from the beginning, how that we will be promised the kingdom and it will last forever. As long as we come back to keeping God's commandments and come back to who we truly are. Read on. God has fulfilled the same unto, uh, unto their children. And that so he our, have... our, hold on. Our ancestors was told this promise from the very beginning. Our ancestors being Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were, they've been told us these promises that we would get a kingdom and we would rule this earth, right? And now it says that God has fulfilled the same unto us, their children, right? Read on. In that he have raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second Psalms. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And this is the reason for that, 38, verse 38. Verse 38, be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Right, because it was promised from the beginning that God would send his son to die for the sins of Israel so that we no longer would have to sacrifice the blood of bulls and goats. But only all that did was make us remember our sins continually over and over again. So now once and for all, God has given us the ultimate sacrifice to bring us back to him, back to our laws, back to our identity. So everything that we've been doing, whether it be fornicating, murdering, drug dealing, everything that we've been involved in in the world, we can turn away from that and turn now back to his commandments and the faith in Christ so that we can live forever, just like Christ is living forever. If we follow his example, finish reading that. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Right, because there were certain sins that if you committed, those things ended your life. And a lot of our people are caught up in that right now, whether it be breaking the Lord's Sabbath day, breaking the feast days. Uh, homosexuality, murdering, killing, all of those things. The only thing that you could uh, atone for your sins was with your own blood, with your own life. So now Christ laying down his life for us gives us the grace, the mercy to now turn away from all the evil that we've been involved in and now come back again to our identity, our traditions, our heritage, which are written in the laws and the commandments. I mean, my mind. All praise to the most high. We got no praise. I'm just listening in. Okay. Uh I set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose. Whom the Lord thy God shall choose. That's who, that's who we said above us, who God chose. Read on. 
One from among thy brethren shalt thou set king over thee. It was one from among your brethren. That's who we placed in uh, above us. What you see now, and again, this and the brother kind of touched on it, but really what it is is that we, as, as, as the Israelites here in America, Babylon the Great, we are feeding in to this delusion that has been put ahead of us. And our people have done it because we all are now buying into the illusion of inclusion as though we have a, a say so and we have rights here and the government is one with us and we are the people not realizing this thing ain't got nothing to do with us. This is not our homeland. This is not our country. We are just waiting on the return of the Messiah. I could care less what the hell they got going on in this. Think about it, bro. The, the, you, the people out here voting are the same ones, same ones supporting all of these, these laws being created to legalize sin, to make sin, uh, you know, the foundation of, of American morals, ethics. This, this thing right here, for you to be in, 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 a, in allegiance with the thought of America shows you've, you've accepted the mark. You've literally accepted the mark of the beast. You are buying into the American dream. There is nothing in this in this world that's worth us uh, casting away the kingdom of heaven to align ourselves with any of these simple heathen countries. So I, I agree with the brother. We don't have nothing to do with this. When you really look at it, I mean, there's a few principles that I that I always meditate on concerning that. First and foremost, the scriptures, the Bible tells us, and now that we're under grace, this is the same country that says, in God we trust, right? Well, if that be the case, that would mean that no one's able to be put to death by another man. But yet and still, a person will go to court, swear on the Bible, which the Bible tells you not to do. You're not supposed to swear. They'll swear on the Bible in the same court that has the ability to put a man to death for a crime. If they followed the Bible, if they followed the laws of God, they'd be under grace too. But the God that they trust in isn't the God of the Bible. That's where the confusion of our people uh, have, have, you know, has went left, man. This place ain't got nothing to do with us. And that's just one example. Let's not get, let's not get to talking about the legalization of, of gay rights and fornication and everything that's running rampant here. I am not going to vote any demon into position over me. I'll let the Lord do what he do. When you read in, what's that? Is that Proverbs 21? Get that real quick. I think it's like Proverbs 21 and 1. I can't remember exactly. We all help me. Controls the hearts of the king. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're right. Proverbs 21 verse 1. The yeah. king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. So all this that we see and all this that's unfolding in front of us. And like I said, we can't be mad at this wicked system that's been put put in front of us because it's our fault that we're in the situation that we're in now. For those of you all that don't know, we are the children of Israel. And for our lack of obedience to the Most High God, we were placed here in the land of our enemies as servants and handmaids. We've been placed here to serve as punishment for not keeping God's commandments and faith in his son. So God's going all this evil that you see around us. We put ourselves here and the Most High controls the hearts of the kings. So wherever this thing is going to go, it's going to go. I'm not voting no heathen i'm not casting not one ballot towards any of this nonsense it's fake i'm in my mic so king did that answer your question brother oh thank you very much brothers i definitely appreciate it and i'm just gonna sit here and stay tuned and listen in 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, John, did you ever get your uh, your mic straight? We were, we were calling on you earlier. Because it is polluted, it shall destroy you even with the sword destruction. So when when they take the fact that we are the children of Israel out of the church and they say, oh, Galatians 3.28 or John 3.16, it doesn't matter. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Your nationality doesn't matter. What they do is they take away your connection with your oppression. What do I mean by that? When you examine the scriptures, you read all throughout the scriptures about an oppressed, downtrodden, lost people, the children of Israel. And now when you realize that you're the children of Israel, the Bible starts to make more sense. It starts to make sense why we're mass incarcerated. It makes sense why we came into slavery on slave ships, why many of our people have low self-esteem, why we suffer the worst conditions on the planet Earth known to man. And when you examine Michael 2 and 10, it says, Arise ye and depart, for this is not your rest. The pastors want us to rest here. They want us to be rich here and prosperous here, but they know deep down in their hearts that that's not the likelihood of all of us having that type of wealth. Because remember, Christ said, you have the poor always with you, but me, you have not always. Christ told us, all of us are not going to be rich. All of us are not going to be prosperous to the point of millionaires or billionaires. And that's okay. And that's why Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 6. If you can read that for me real quick, 1 Timothy 6 and 6. So when you read the Bible, you, you actually understand the children of Israel, we have suffered oppression because we were disobedient. And we're getting ourselves together to come back to God's laws in these last days so that we can be saved and be able to uh, receive those eternal riches that we all want. Watch this. First Timothy 6 and 6. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. So the Bible tells us godliness with contentment, meaning the keeping of God's commandments as an Israelite, knowing who you are, and to be content with what the Lord has blessed you with. Now, does that mean that you don't, if you if you start a, a, a mom's and pop restaurant, that you don't want to grow it and get more than one branch? No, it doesn't mean that. You can do that. You, you can very well do that, right? You can always expand and do better in your business, but never at the uh, never at the consequence of breaking God yeah. or the expense. That's it. Never at the expense of breaking God's laws. If God has the Sabbath day, He said we're not supposed to buy, sell, cook, or work on that day. So if you got a business here in America that does well, open your business from Sunday through Friday and give the Lord His reverence on the Sabbath day and on His high holy days. This is what many of us do that, that know the truth. But the pastor said, no, man, by any means necessary, get your money, constantly sow your seed, uh, try to strive for greater. And you know what I'm saying? But they never teach you to be content. And if you know you're the, if you know you're an Israelite and you understand, you know, we must we just trying to get through this place. We're trying to get through this kingdom so we can have a chance at our eternal kingdom. So, yeah. Modern day Christianity definitely is corrupted because it doesn't teach our people the truth about who they are and why they face the conditions that they're in. Hey, Dion, real quick, yes. get uh, get somebody get uh, Ezekiel twenty two, Ezekiel twenty two and twenty six. Let's 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 be going with with uh most of our people, especially in, in Christianity, uh, are afraid to speak on. There is a consensus. And I don't even want to call it a, a secret consensus amongst Christians and pastors alike. They have all agreed one with another that 
if you don't see my sins, I won't see yours. Anyone who who reads the Bible sincerely and they read to gain understanding, they read to do what it says, they're going to see things in the Bible that doesn't necessarily fit what society, you know, dictates. So they they read laws and things of that nature that they've never, you know, they might think is kind of barbaric or, you know, that was back in that time. But what's happened is, is that when these laws are brought out, <clears throat> especially amongst, you know, these Christians or pastors, whenever it's said, okay, you need to be doing this, they'll try to go pull a law and say, well, if you're going to tell me to do this, technically, we need to be doing this. And then there is a consensus even amongst our people like, well, yeah, that's true. So we might as well leave it alone. And our people never take thought of how evil that is, that our people literally have agreed one with another. Like, you know what? There's a whole bunch of laws in there that no, none of us really want to do. And we might as well just kind of stick to doing what we're doing. And they're negating the fact that you're supposed to serve God with all sincerity. You're supposed to serve God. No matter what God says, you need to have the mind frame. Well, you know what? Let's do it. I be seeing these TikTok videos and these pastors be acting like they dropping knowledge. Like, well, if you want to be technical, brother, if you're going to say I can't eat pork, it also says, brother, you're not supposed to get a tattoo. <laughs> and then everybody starts, you know, snapping their fingers <laughs> and clapping and everything because everybody has a consensus. Oh, you know, what well, tattoos, that's not a big deal. Not realizing it's all evil. If there's a law you can show me that I'm not doing, I'm going to thank the most high God that you showed me that in the Bible so I can keep that commandment. But our people don't have that thought. Why? Read Ezekiel 22 and 26. Let me tell you, let me show you what's happening secretly within these churches. Go ahead. Ezekiel 22 verse 26. Her priests have violated my law. These are, these are your preachers. These are your leaders. These are the men that's supposed to be leading you to God. He says they are not keeping my commandments. Go ahead. And have profaned my and have profaned my holy things. And have profaned the things God has called holy. Notice everything that you see in so-called Christianity when when it comes to their uh, holy days or should we say holidays. When it comes to their festivals, when it comes to the things that they do, you ever notice that nothing is in the Bible and the stuff that's in the Bible, they don't do. They don't keep. And then when faced with that, they say, oh, you're being judgmental. They've been they've been all been taught a script to like this is how you respond to that. Oh, don't you can't judge me. Only God can judge me. Oh, Jesus came. We don't got to do that no more. And it's a bunch of empty statements without any you know scriptural evidence behind it. And they parakeet that to basically dumb you down and say, oh, okay, well, you're right. Not realizing, no, you got to do what God says. He says, her priests have violated my law and have profaned my holy things. Read on. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. They said, now that Jesus Christ has come, you know what? Everything's okay. You don't got to worry about those laws. You don't got to worry about doing this and doing that. And they make this big old, you know, this, this him and haw about, you know, well, you know, technically they used to do this back then, which nine times out of 10, your pastor's wrong. I heard Creflo tell brothers, you can't use the bathroom on the Sabbath. Completely, utterly showing you Creflo don't know the Bible, but somebody's repeating that right now. Well, technically, you know, you can't use the bathroom on the Sabbath. They don't know the Bible. Then they, they say these things is like, like, like they got the understanding, but it's complete. It's far from it. Read on. 
Neither have they shown difference between the unclean and the clean. Your pastor has not shown difference between the unclean and the clean. Let me give you an example because that has many different meanings to it. An example would be unclean and clean foods. The Lord told us what we can eat and what we cannot eat. The things that we can eat, we're to receive with thanksgiving, thanking the most high God that he provided that. No one takes into consideration what it was like back in the day, whenever you was out there and you had to go hunt or you go look for food or even, you know, in the marketplace or depending on where you at, not realizing back then it wasn't that easy to come upon. So if you out there fishing and you reeling that catfish, you got the, the laws is going to remind you, no, nah, I can't eat that. Even though you might be hungry, you might be starving. I keep the commandments of God. I'm going to wait till I get something with fins and scales. That's the sincere heart that was serving the Lord. Nowadays, they say, no, nah, we don't worry about that. They put no difference between the clean and unclean. Same thing goes with, here's another example of them not putting difference between clean and unclean when your wife is on her menstrual she is unclean you're not to be laying with her you're not supposed to be doing that that's fornication but they say you know what hey red light special no big deal y'all do what y'all do as husband and wife got what what god has joined together let no man put asunder they throw a bunch of empty statements out there and get you you know running in circles and you think you know what he's talking about these priests have violated god's laws they have not put difference between the unclean and the clean go ahead and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths. Literally hid their eyes from God's Sabbaths. How you know for a fact? Many preachers, I'm telling you right now, they learn this in seminary school. And like I said, your pastor might play crazy. They might play like they don't know. But some of these, these, these people that go to seminary, they learn about what they call Jewish customs and Jewish feasts and festivals and things of that nature, right? They learn when the Sabbath day is. They read in the Bible when the Sabbath is. But then they say, nope, but this is when the first church decided to keep it. This is when the first, uh, you know, apostles, or they go back to the Catholicism, all this stuff. This is the first, they kept the first day of the week. They knowingly say, I'm going to hide my eyes from God's Sabbath, let alone the keeping of the commandments when it comes to what you do on the Sabbath. They literally hid their eyes. This is a great evil amongst our people. And when questioned about these things, you get you know, they talk you in the circles, try to get you to forget about the evil they, that they're doing, and you don't hold them accountable. He run, he runs circles around you, talking about this, talking about that, instead of actually answering the question. I'm saying what I'm saying. I already know I'm bearing record for a lot of y'all. A lot of y'all bearing witness right now because you ask your pastor these questions, and they don't have no answers for you. And then they talk to you for 45, 30 minutes, and now you done forgot, you know, the the topic. You done forgot what the subject matter was, and now you, y'all talking about the kids. It's time for us to hold these men accountable. Real quick, give me uh, what's that? Give me First Ezra eight. <clears throat> Let's see how Ezra rolled. Let's see what he did. First Ezra the eighth chapter, and read verse seven. First Ezra chapter eight and verse seven. Mm-hmm. For Ezra's, for Ezra's had very great skill, read. so that. He omitted nothing of the law and commandments. He omitted omitted nothing of the law. He wasn't partial. He didn't have this thought process of, well, if you don't see my sins, I won't see yours. 
That's what these men do. You have the, and it'd be a lot of, and I'm just going to tell you the truth, especially with these homosexual pastors. See, when a pastor will correct a homosexual pastor or a pastor that teaches homosexuality, what is the, what is the homosexual pastor throw at him? Oh, well, you know, you can't judge lest she be judged. Or, well, technically, you know, it does talk about homosexuality, but in the same place it talks about homosexuality, it talks about this, that, and the third. And they come to this consensus of, you know, well, all right, well, you know, just believe in Jesus. That ain't in the Bible. That ain't what the Lord said. You got You can't trim your ways to seek love. You can't trim your ways because you want, you know, to, to, to gain the membership. Because some of these pastors flat out don't teach things because they feel the people will leave. Well, Ezra didn't care about that. Ezra had very great skill. And also, he would not omit anything from the law. Read. And commandments of the Lord. And commandments of the Lord. Come on. But taught all Israel the ordinance and judgments. He wasn't partial. He didn't play. He, he gave you exactly what God said. He wasn't worried about society and what society taught. He wasn't worried about the backlash from the LGBTQNITY community. He wasn't worried about the alphabet boys. He wasn't worried about nothing. He said what God said. He wasn't partial. These pastors today are partial when it comes to God's words. Real quick, give me, what's that, Hosea 6 and 4, and I'm going to end on Malachi, uh, what's that, 2 and 7. I'm sorry, y'all. The book of Hosea, chapter 6 and verse 4. Come on. Sorry, Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me. How do See, I, hold on, it says, for my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. How do our people reject knowledge today? They don't want to hear it. And like I said, this is what we talk about when, it, when, it, when we talk about, you know, the Christian church being corrupted because it's corrupted because the consensus is of the people still not wanting to hear the law of the Lord. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Give me Second Timothy 4 as well. Second Timothy 4, start at verse 3. The book of Second Timothy, chapter 4. <laughs> Yeah, start at three. And verse three. Mm -hmm. Forbidden to marry and commanding to abstain. No, no. Second Timothy's four and sorry, sir. Second Timothy chapter three and verse four. Mm -hmm. Traitors, high minded. Four, no, four and three. Four and three, bro. Second Timothy chapter four, verse three. For the time will come when they will not endorse sound doctrine, mm -hmm. but after their own lust shall, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. This is, this is our people right here. It says, for the time is going to come when they will not endorse sound doctrine. What is sound doctrine? That's the Bible. That is the pure, unadulterated, no, no putting no spin on it, no feelings, no emotions, not what you think. But this is thus saved. That's what the Bible says. Our people don't want that. Our people want a sermon. They want to feel good. They want to, somebody's going to tell them, hey, everything's going to be okay. The way you live in your life, God is okay with it. Our people don't like being uncomfortable. They don't like being uncomfortable in church, especially. They go to church so that they can feel better about their situation. And that's what the brother was talking about earlier with the prosperity teaching. 
oh, every, you're going to be rich one day. Man, the Lord's going to bless you. You got a blessing coming. Everybody want to feel like everything going to be better, but they don't want to hear thus saith the Lord. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heat to themselves teachers having itching ears. Our people, think about it. They go find somebody that's going to teach them what they want to hear. I said having itching ears. Tell me it's okay to be homosexual. Tell me it's okay to be a man that goes from woman to woman to woman. Or a, a woman that goes from man to man to man. Tell me it's okay to fornicate. That Jesus came and fornication isn't a big deal. That you know what? I can still be a gangbanger. Y'all will do the funeral for me. You know what I'm saying? Tell me the little, little shooter man is going to go to heaven. Itching ears, right? It says, verse 4. Verse 4. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. I ain't never understood that. Sitting here it is. You go to the funeral, and dude's man, his name is literally Shooter Man, right? And he died because he was shooting somebody, and the other person shot back. And now he's in the casket, and the pastor's telling them, telling us about back in the day when he was baptized, he was dunked underwater, and that's the day he gave his life to Jesus. And now he's in a better place with with the Father negating everything that the Bible says. The Bible tells you what's, what murderers is going to have their part. All liars is going to have their part. The Bible is very discreet, but these pastors, they tell you what you want to hear. Why? Because they out for dishonest gain. We didn't finish that back in Ezekiel, but it's all for money. For money is why they do that. They're just business. That's why it's corrupted. Church is literally business and shall be turned unto fables. What are fables? Lie. I'll name one. I'll name a couple. Baptists, Methodists, Pentecostals, uh, Catholicism, Jehovah Witnesses. All of these are fables. None of these things you find in the Bible where God told you to be any of this or to follow any denomination. We were all turned unto fables when we decided not to do what God said to do and follow man. All right. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm long winded, but I hope I was I was clear on what I to see um, what was stated um, in the Old Testament in times of commandment. That's just an example. But if you look at the New Testament, you could see that that again was sort of refined. And I think the greatest commandment in the New Testament is love your neighbor as yourself. Sort of something like that. But what is your view? Give me John 5. Give me John 5. And we'll start at what? 46? I'm not looking at it. John 5, 46. Yeah. The book of John, chapter 5, verse 46. For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed in me, for he wrote of me. But if ye believe... For the brother that just asked this. Is this commandment, is this a more modern, and I don't want to butcher your words, what you said as far as, you know, being for this time. Was this commandment that Jesus Christ gave, was this a modern commandment or was this a commandment that it was already given in what we call the Old Testament? I think it's the latter. was something that's already given in the Old Testament. So I think he was just replying to a question um, by um, the lawyer that came to him. Right. So, so remember, and like I said, maybe you can make the statement again because you were saying the New Testament appears to be, like I guess I keep saying modern, but you used a different word for it. And you, you spoke about refined. the great, great, refined, right. Was this a refined law or was this the law? It was parts of the law. 
You said part. What do you mean part? We had the Ten Commandments. And one of the Ten Commandments is, um, thou shalt have no other God um, apart from me. Um, and you shall love your God with all your heart. So I probably will say it's part of the Old Testament. Okay, so this is a part of God's laws, right? Which you said, which I'm not going to go there right now, but you said this is a part of God's commandments, right? So go back real quick to Matthew's 22, brother, and read the next verse, verse 38. Matthew 22 and verse 38. Mm -hmm. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So this second commandment, he said, is just as important as this first one. He says, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Do you still think that this is a refined law or is this the law? It is the law. Exactly. Go, let's, let's get that. Get uh, Leviticus, the 19th chapter, and then we'll come back. Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 17. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the this, Lord. This is the law. So common sense. Now that we read the Bible for understanding, we understand the lawyer asked him a specific question. And he said, what is the greatest commandment? In the law. So what did Christ do? He took him to Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, and he gave him another law, uh, the, uh, Leviticus, the 19th chapter. Now, you, you spoke of the Ten Commandments. Notice Christ did not give uh, the Ten Commandments. Now, we understand that the, the Ten Commandments encompasses these laws right here. That's a no-brainer. So to, to, to have no other gods before me, guess what? You're going you gonna to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. We understand that completely. But what's happened is, is like, as people read this, this passage here, they think that Christ is saying that these two laws are the only laws you have to keep, meaning you don't have to worry about the Sabbath day. You don't have to keep Passover. You don't have to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. You don't have to wear fringes on your clothes. A man, he doesn't have to have a beard on his face. All of this is encompassed in these two laws that Jesus Christ gave. Go back to uh, Matthew 22 and read verse 40. There's a reason why he gave those two specific laws, because those two specific laws engulfed everything Bible. By you doing those two laws, guess what? You're not going to murder. You're not going to steal. You're not going to kill. You're not going to break the Sabbath day. You're going to keep the high holy days. You're going to keep the Sabbath day. You're not going to buy, sell, cook, or clean on God's Sabbath. You're going to do everything that God said to do because you keep these two laws. Read that, verse 40. Matthew 22, verse 40. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. All the laws and prophets hang on those two laws. Those two laws encompass everything. We love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul. Guess what? I'm going to make sure that as, as me loving God, I'm going to keep his commandments. So whatever God said, wherever I read it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep the law. And guess what? I'm going to love my neighbor like I love myself. I'm not going to sin against him. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to commit adultery with his wife. I'm not going to covet anything of my neighbors. A matter of fact, I'm going to pay my neighbor his wages like the law tells me to when I'm supposed to pay him. A matter of fact, also, I'm not going to um, give me another law concerning uh, loving your neighbors, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. Y I'm sorry. It's 
323. Point is, y'all get what I'm saying. We going to keep all the commandments, okay? So I hope that that helped you out, Brother Todd. Mm-hmm. When, when Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, he was in prison in Rome. Uh, and this was like 64 AD, somewhere up in here. Uh, you can go ahead and read it. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. At this point, there's no such thing as the New Testament. The New Testament came out 30 or 40 years later. There's no New Testament. So he's telling them from a child, you have known these scriptures and what they for and by faith in Christ. Now go to the next one. Verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, there's that the, no New Testament at this time. There's no such thing as the New Testament. So everything they taught on Sabbath was the law and the prophets. Everything was done in the Old Testament at this time. And thousands and thousands of people were coming to the Messiah. These letters hadn't been compiled yet and added to what is called the New Testament. So everything, when they were getting salvation, it was coming from the law and the prophets. It wasn't mm -hmm. coming from a New Testament like we call it today. And I'm going to mute my mic. Absolutely correct. Read Romans 15 and 4. Very good, very good point. Um, a lot of people don't know that history, that these this this stuff wasn't compiled. What they were teaching from is what we know today, what we call today the Old Testament. But it's all relevant, and it's always been that way. Read Romans 15 and 4. Romans 15, verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetimes were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. All praises, all praises. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Yeah, chapter 55 and verse 8. Mm -hmm. My thoughts are not your thoughts. One thing not we got to realize, one thing we've, we got to first realize first and foremost is that there's things that we don't understand as people as far as how God thinks and how God deals and how he sees things. Everything is deserving. We serve a just God, okay? God said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Come on. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Mm -hmm. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts... Uh-huh, I'm sorry, finish that. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Okay, now give me Romans, the third chapter. I'll read the 23rd verse to show the sister... We did mess up. <clears throat> we did, absolutely did mess up. <laughs> Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and have, and have, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. We all have messed up. 
Now, you might think, well, dang, I ain't did nothing. What about, you know, before I was born? You just, you know you sin. You know you mess up right now. But I want to show you something just in case as a thought. Give me John the ninth chapter. John 9 and read verse 1. Remember, we read in Isaiah 55, God said, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. Read that. John chapter 9, verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Read on. So he was and born blind. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind? So the disciples asked about this man. They said, listen, who, who did sin? This man or his parents that caused him to be born blind? Uh, sister, I'm the one that I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not looking. Was it China? Yes. Okay. What? Let me give me some rationale here. What could a person do to cause them to be born blind? What's the rationale here? I have no idea. So what I'm trying to show you, sis, is that there's some heavy things, and I and I wish we could show. I could literally go through this with you, but just know the situation that we're in. It is all deserving. We did mess up. You messed up. I messed up. We all messed up. And this got us here. Okay. It says, the disciples asked him saying, Master, who did send this man or his parents that he was born blind? Verse 3. Verse 3. Go ahead. And Jesus answered, neither have this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Okay, so my point in showing you this was that our four, our parents, our forefathers knew that you could you could be punished for something, and it's not even necessarily like that. Like it happened yet in our mind, but not realizing it did happen, and we have to understand God's thoughts are way higher than ours. So yeah, we are reaping what we sowed. Us being in this situation here, it's our fault. So we just got to dive deep. I wish I could I could take you to another level as far as this goes. If you keep tuning in and listening, but for me to explain this, we, we would have to go we'd have to go into a whole class. Okay, gotcha. Thank you. No problem.